Okay, so just came across this. Um, it's titled The Rise and Success of the First Black Female Billionaire, Sheila Johnson. And the commercial is running. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just record my initial um, reactions. This was uploaded three days ago from the time that I'm uploading this. But I definitely wanted to celebrate it. So let's go. Turning now to pioneering business <laughs> and post-sports team owner, that's Sheila Johnson. She is part owner of the NHL's Washington Capitals, the NBA's Washington Wizards, and oh, has wow. a stake in the Washington Mystics of the WNBA. You go, Sheila. Oh, wow. Okay, so she is a um, owner of the ho um, a team on the hockey, for hockey, for basketball, and women's basketball. Johnson, who co-founded BET, was recently named CEO of the Year by Washington Business Journal, and she owns five-star resorts around the world. She is a badass. Mm. CBS Saturday Morning Co's, that's Michelle Miller, spoke with Johnson about how she became the first black female billionaire and the personal challenges she overcame along the way. They're showing the um hockey team. Y'all, I've been wanting to go to a hockey game for the longest. For real, for real. When it comes to the Washington Capitals, Sheila Johnson's what you call a proud vocal partner. Did you ever see yourself as a professional sports mogul? No, I wouldn't call myself a mogul. Still, the 2018 Stanley Cup champ scored an ultimate trifecta for her. I know when things are going to work and when they're not going to work. I, I really trust my instinct. Making Johnson the first and only black woman with an ownership stake in three professional sports teams. I love it, ladies. The one thing I wanted to say about the title, first means there can be a second, third, and fourth. Let's get in it. I have the wonderful WNBA National Champions 2019 Washington Mystics. Yes. Drop the mic. I yes. have the Wizards, which we're still working on <laughs> for a title. And yes. then we have the 2018 NHL Capitals. And how does that fit in? It's my side gig. <laughs> it's my side oh, gig. I love it. Her story begins in Maywood, Illinois. Oh. Her mother, an accountant. She's so cute. They're showing her baby photos. Go check it out on CBS Mornings. And her father, one of only 11 black neurosurgeons in the country. Wow. You talk about learning resilience. We had to move 13 times. Hey, y'all, don't tell me epigenetics don't count for nothing. I've been saying if I had to do it in the way I was doing it before, my, my son or my daughter is going to have some good genetics. Her dad was a neurosurgeon. That stuff counts. It counts for something. I'm telling you. Talk about learning resilience. We had to move 13 times because my father could not practice in white hospitals. Mm. And um, everyone asked me, you know, moving that much, what was your childhood like? And I thought it was an adventure. Aww. Her first act in life was as a concert violinist. But it was oh. in 1980 that Johnson took the first step in building an empire when she co-founded BET along with her ex-husband. Talk about those early days. What was your vision? The whole mm. purpose of starting BET was to give the African-Americans a voice. Mm. It was the birth of cable. And everything that was being pumped out there from CNN and Nickelodeon, mm. you name it, nobody talked about 
the importance of the African-American voice. Mm. If I could do it all over again, my voice could be listened to. Mm. I think the network would have looked a little different. More news. Ooh, ooh, was that a little bit of tea and some shum shit? Sip, sip. She said, if my voice had been listened to, it would have been a little bit different. Now, keep in mind, she co-founded it with her, hus with her husband. But I'm guessing he was just counting on her 50-50 capital and not so much her voice and her input. I'm going to back that up a little bit. I picked up all the tea and all the shade, honey. Mm. And the Nickelodeon, you name it. Nobody talked about the importance of the African-American voice. If I could do it all over again, my voice could be listened to. I think the network would have looked a little different. Absolutely. More news, less entertainment. But by 2001, the network sold to Viacom. Wow. So one of the things that she wanted to talk about was more news, less entertainment. So her husband being the co-founder was pushing more of the entertainment aspect of things, which really aggravates um, a lot of us. I think even as you're probably listening to this or saw the... Um, initial commentary about her co-founding um BET was kind of like yeah they played a role in portraying some of the degenerate behavior from our community but her in her opinion she wanted to see more news which is really critical because when we think about the Shanquilla cases and um you know all the missing black women that that are could really use a voice, you know, when we think about like how even the coverage with Black Girl on Lost and covering a lot of her stories and socioeconomics and, you know, stocks and crypto and all the other stuff, the potential absolutely was there. I so agree with her. I'm going to back it up just a little bit. I think the network would have looked a little different. More news, less entertainment. But by 2001, the network sold to Viacom mm -hmm. and cemented Johnson in history as the first black woman billionaire. You don't like that title. I don't like it. Why? Mm. Money's not everything. It's how you use what you have to make things like work and make your life work. I agree. Her life took a turn when she divorced in 2002, a pivotal moment where she realized she lost herself in her marriage. You didn't mm. kind of withdraw into the shadows and take on their identity. Mm. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life was that shouldn't have happened. Y'all, these are some gems. When I tell you I have chills, we've been talking a little bit like um, some of the things, for example, um, at a bare minimum, the, the man should have at least 75,000 and who knows how old that report was um and which state you're in 75,000 is not the most for you know California maybe it can probably go a little bit further in other states but we talked about why it's important to not just go for how much a man makes and here she is married to a, a person who was um at this point mil, multi-millionaire sells you know sells the company and ends up acquire you know becoming a billionaire but she talks about feeling that her identity was attached to her husband and losing herself and she says that's so important y'all i'm soaking this up i'm going to back it up just a little bit so you can play that's huge that's critical you know i think that um 
as we're turning the corner for women and, and what marriage means to us, the days of just marrying for the, you know, the title and, and even picking the quote unquote high value man, you know, now we're looking at the things that really matter. What what good is it to be married to a high value man, to be even the co-founder and not have your voice heard, to have that suppressed? It it doesn't it's she's it still doesn't count for anything, right? Moment where she realized she lost herself in her marriage. You didn't kind of withdraw into the shadows and take on their identity. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life was that shouldn't have happened. I lost sight of who I really was. Mm. You emerged after the divorce. It took mm. me two years, but I figured out finally who I was. It was like a rebirth. Shortly after, she remarried. And oh, what? Now, mind you, he looking a little Oompa Loompa-ish. She's looking like a cross between... Uncle Ruckus from the cartoon series with a little bit of Oompa Loompa. He's also giving me the, uh, one of those characters that was played by Samuel L. Jackson. Girl, I was rooting for you. But anyways, listen, she got remarried. And that rebirth became the jumping off point for her hospitality empire that now includes everything from a PGA golf course to resorts around the world. And y'all, I'm telling you, y'all gonna see me out here with these long legs on these uh, golf courts. I promise you in those, ten in those tennis skirts, in those golf skirts, out. that's one thing I want to learn too is I want to learn golf. Want to go to a hockey game. Those are on my bucket bucket list. And the hockey games are not even that expensive. I pr probably could just look it up and, I don't know, find out when their seasons are. Um, I know golf to get, you know, like the gear and stuff. But I like I said, I, I recently met someone who does golfing and type of thing. So sooner than later. And, of course, the, I'm going to have to check out and see which um golf course, not golf courses, which, um, um, you know, hotels she she meets because I would definitely put those at the top of my list. Um, I've already mentioned with you guys, uh, my bucket list includes going to like, um, uh, different hotels that have like the best luxury, um, tubs with the best views all around the world. Uh, so here we go. Including the Salamander in Middleburg, Virginia, okay. a place she now calls home. It's buzzing. She had this idea. Betsy Davis has lived in Middleburg her whole life and says since the opening oh, of the wow. resort in 2005, wow. this area has seen a growth in business by almost 70%. Beautiful. There's a difference in thriving and surviving, and, and we will always mm. survive. But this energy that's helped us to really thrive... And so it sounds like um what they're implying is that with her developing that resort, it it um built up the surrounding areas and it helped, you know, push them over from just surviving. If you go and watch the video, it's a little like podunked kind of um town, uh, kind of like what you see in the movies with the Western cowboys type of a thing. And but now it's become kind of quaint and um. It, it it opened up the opportunities for other people's in in other people in that community. I love that. So 
Mile's Row from Horse Country is the nation's capital and a cause close to the longtime equestrian, creating a better life for police horses. The living conditions of these horses was unbelievable. We saw rats in the grain areas where, you know, they get their food. You could see the desperation in their Aww. eyes. And they had been in those weeds since 1976 with the purpose that they were going to get a new home, but it never happened. And she did. The left here is where the... By helping to raise over $22 million to build these new stables. People don't realize, yeah, you've got the nation's living room here, but this living room has to be protected. Using her empire to give back is at the core of Johnson's work. A far cry from the little girl whose childhood dream was to take the classical music scene by storm. My mother always told me to never say can't. She hated that word, mm. that you can't do something. And I think especially for young women, they need to find out who they are first. And this is a very important... Did you hear that? Especially for my young ladies, please. I try to talk about that and even the little bits that I've learned at this life stage, you know, but here it is from the first black female billionaire, Sheila Johnson. If that should count for anything, I'll go back and play just a little bit more. She hated that word, that you can't do something. And I think especially for young women, they need to find out who they are first. And this is a very important path. Mm -hmm. Johnson says she's now in her third act and is the happiest she's ever been. I don't regret anything that has happened to me personally or anything because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. And everything that happened to me has made me who I am now. Amen. And it's been a big year for Johnson. She acquired the prestigious Mandarin Oriental Hotel here in Washington. And she might be adding another sports team or two to her roster. Oh, Both the Washington Nationals, the baseball team, and the commanders, the football oh, wow. team, could be up for sale oh, wow. by the end of this year. And she and her partners, they're high up on the list of potential buyers. Wow. Another Nate, first right? wow. Wow. <laughs> How about that, Michelle? Michelle. Talk about diversifying your portfolio. So also adding, to, looking to add baseball and um, did she say NASCAR? Wait, good stuff. And she might be adding another sports team or two to her roster. Both the Washington Nationals, the baseball team, and the commanders, the football team, could be up oh, for yeah, sale football. by the end of this year. And she and her partners, they're high up on the list of potential buyers. Another Nate, first right? wow. 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 How about that, Michelle? Michelle, you captured her beautifully. Listen, yeah. I have such admiration for her. She is such a badass, and she is such a class act. Mm -hmm. So we know it, it seems that divorce certainly was very difficult for her, but she came back with a vengeance. She found new love. She's now a huge, huge force in the business industry. You really did her justice. So thank nice you. I mean, she's very she's transparent and and yes. humble. You know, you don't find many uh, humble multimillionaires out there, but she's one of them. Oh man, she's awesome. Yeah, well done, Michelle. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so it says here, business mogul Sheila Johnson was recently named CEO of the year by the Washington Business Journal. Johnson was most recognized as the co-founder of BET and the first African-American billionaire. But today, she is known as a billionaire across all industries. 
And let me just look through the comments real quick and see if I find anything that stands out. Um, phenomenal woman. And, you know, one of the things that we, um, I think that I admire just listening to that story is her, her business acumen, right? Because it's really easy to just sit on your laurels and kind of just live the luxury lifestyle that comes with being a billionaire. But she's allowing herself to have breath in, you know, the sports world and the resort world in, you know, even helping with the with the um equestrian with the with the horses, and so still having a fulfilling life. Obviously, she enjoyed being married and had to re um and negotiate what that meant for her. But I'm glad that she also didn't just stay stuck because that's the person she was with, um and learned from it. And she obviously shares, I think, those tips for young women, so we don't fall into those same traps to learn who you are know who you are don't be so quick to fall into the shadows of what your husband does be willing to advocate you want and you know there's little gems in there too because when we talk about um character and stuff that that you would want in a companion do they value your voice do they listen to you does your voice count you know um when you kind of think about it sometimes eh, you know, um, when you're around men, sometimes it's kind of like, well, I'll, I'll do the talking. You just take wider. If you try to give an idea now, they're intimidated. You know, that's not what you what you necessarily want. Now, that being said, I don't know who would be a good match for her as a billionaire. I, that wouldn't have been my preference. I would have definitely gone, you know, Italian or Persian, but Hey, what matters is is she was able to pivot, um, and let's just hope she has a solid prenup. Um, what? Obviously, you didn't listen to the to what they were saying there. Uh, oh, we got a mammy comment. I'm not even going to read it. All right, y'all. Until the next one. Bye.